time is the most finite asset I've got. And I decided that my time needed to go into building my own brand, not building their brand. So, you know, sorry guys, but you know, numero uno comes first. Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help you thrive, designing your intentional life, homesteading, gardening, and rediscovering culture and tradition. At Grow Nut Trees, it's elderberry time. It's elderberry cuttings. I also have some plants left that are bare root and also comfrey and comfrey crowns. That's at grownuttrees.com. Okay, folks, it's happening here in a couple weeks. Cyprian is coming back on the podcast. That is Lord Willing and the Creek Don't Rise. So next week, I will give you a hint on what we're going to talk about. Stay tuned. And while you're waiting, go listen to my friend Buck on the Counterflow podcast. He had Cyprian on a couple weeks ago on episode 296. It's about 2024 and the era of techno-feudalism with Cyprian. It's very good. In addition to that, Buck also had on recently Jim Jatris to talk about Texit. A lot of interesting things coming up there. That's Counterflow podcast with Buck Johnson, counterflowpodcast.com. Okay, welcome back to Thrive in the Future. This week, I have John McCoy with me. Welcome back, John. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Good. So you were on last time, and we were talking about reinventing yourself, and uh, and you were talking about being a freelancer. What's new in freelance land? Well, it's funny you should mention reinventing yourself, because that's kind of what's actually going on. Um, I think I looked that episode up, and I think it was in April, March or April, when mm-hmm. we recorded. Yeah. And, um, I think at the time I was kind of angling towards thinking I'd want to do an agency. And then I realized I actually enjoy my life and I didn't want to know an agency. <laughs> um, so uh, I kind of reimagined it completely instead of biting off that, you know, way more than I want to chew. I started venturing more into learning SEO. And what I did with that is realized I'm not an SEO nerd, um, but that even with just a cursory understanding, I'm light years ahead of most people. Um, so sure. I'm trying to figure out melding how, how a content writer still knows more than the average bear about SEO, but is not an expert. Well, wh- where is that? Where is that niche put me? So I'm kind of exploring that right now is actually where I'm at. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say bear because really everybody says, well, I'm not an expert, right? But you know, it, you're not an expert, but you're still going to get stuff done. It, you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be faster than the bear and faster than your friends. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think you said that in an email a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, huh, he's, he's on to something there. That is very true. Um, yeah. So, well, and I didn't, I, I just launched my own website. It's my second website. I launched one three years ago, totally floundered. I, I canceled it. So I'm, I relaunched it with a different domain this time. Um, it's just enough SEO. Friend of mine uh, had that brilliant idea. We were just having a conversation. He said, you need to do something with just enough SEO. I'm like, I'm buying that domain right now. <laughs> That's great. So I did. So what it is, is kind of a, uh, and not to get ahead of myself, but it, I can't, we're already kind of talking about that. It's, I'm, I'm writing it as a blog, not so much mm-hmm. as a business page um, of, cause I don't know how to do WordPress. So I'm learning WordPress. Sure. And I'm actually learning SEO as I go. You know, I had this a good cursory understanding of how keywords work, but now it's the whole technical component. And it's it's a much bigger animal than I imagined when I was just, you know, tweeting about, you know, keywords. Like that's like 
the 5% of the iceberg and then the rest of it is, is underwater. Yeah. I use a generate press, uh, WordPress plugin, and that's the one I, I like the best. It gives more of a blog feel than some of those other themes and stuff. What was it called? I'm actually going to write that down. Generate press. Generate press. All right. Yep. It's cool. Very cool. I like the one I have is a very brutally um, simplistic design, but it's so simplistic. Like, I mean, I I will have to do everything. I'm like, I don't know anything about WordPress. Like that's a lot to, to try to, um, it can be as simple as you want, but if you want to build it out, I mean, there's a whole lot there. So. Oh yeah. And then you you go down one. It's the same thing as everything, right? You do it. And then, and then you get to the year mark Mm -hmm. and then it either goes up and now you've got your hosting plus your, you know, plus your individual plugins. And it's like, well, wait a minute, how did I end up $500 in the hole here? <laughs> For real. Yeah. They're like first year is only $14. It's a hundred after that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. It was funny. Um, I was working with, uh, I've got um, all in one SEO, which we were talking mm-hmm. about plugin after a year, they send you an email and they say, use this link to renew and that's full price. But if you do it through the WordPress dashboard, it goes at the regular half price. So I'm like, okay, well, it's half price. I'm you know, do it that way. And then, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, mad. I'm like, look, <laughs> you know, that's it's, so, your, it's your plugin, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I followed the link that was in the, in the plugin. I mean, it's your plugin and it's got the button right there. Exactly. So, you know, it was, it, that was pretty funny, but you're still doing the blogging for folks. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And if, I mean, actually it's the same people. I would say what I've done is I streamlined a couple of small clients and focus just on uh, all my focus is on two large retainer clients. Now mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, that's paying the bills that's putting, you know, money in the savings account. Sure. Um, and, you know, because what I started to realize was that the small ones, yeah, I enjoy them, but you know, what if it's between these ones that, you know, maybe is an extra 500 bucks a month, it's it's not worth it when I could be investing that because I mean that's not investing anything in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I decided, you know, I time is the most finite asset I've got. And I decided that my time needed to go into building my own brand, not building their brand. So, you know, sorry guys, but you know, numero uno comes first. That's the sound bite that's gonna be at the beginning of the episode right there. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's good. So yeah, I really, I liked what you, you've got it your, as your pin tweet mm-hmm. that you are creating content for human beings, not for machines, right? Because yes. everybody gets into this SEO and they go, oh yeah. And, and then they, they, there was one thing I saw that was keyword stuffing and they start like, yes. re, you know, and then it starts sounding like somebody from, you know, a foreigner the, where English is not their first language, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, so for one of my clients, I use the uh, Surfer SEO app, which I think overall is a pretty cool service. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of make it really almost foolproof. Like they they do the whole, it'll create the whole content map, map for you and everything. Just if you plug in some keywords and overall, I like it. But, um, you know, what it does is it takes you against the key competitors. It provides five to 10 of them in there. And then it gives you this scale and it provides you like a hundred keywords off to the side and to beat them in terms of, of ranking and anyone that in your audience has ever seen surfer knows what I'm talking about. Um, 
you're, you're kind of like keyword stuffing because it'll tell you also how many times you need to do it. And in some respects, I think it's, it's a, it's a clever service, but you got to really catch yourself because at the end of the day, you are focusing on talking to people and, right. and you're absolutely right. We, when I, that, that's what I really figured out when I started going down the SEO rabbit hole and I was reading articles every single night, you know, dozens of articles over the weeks and months. And I'm like, this is really handy stuff to know, but at the end of the day, we're still writing the people. And I think, you know, that was the thing. And it, anyone in my space that writes for money full time, I think we all had a little, you know, twing twinge in the, in the pit of our stomach in like April. I think it was when chat GPT dropped. We're like, Oh, maybe it really is going to take our jobs. And now, you know, <laughs> you can sniff out a chat GPT response or paragraph a mile away. You're like, this is terrible. You know, it's, yep. it, it just doesn't flow. It sounds canny as 400 emojis in it. And, um, you know, what I think the key takeaway is after that is that you're not going to replace humans and, mm-hmm. and machines. It doesn't matter how, um, how advanced they get. They're still never going to talk to a human like a, a human does. They don't have a soul, you know, they don't have any, any soul. They don't have any, they have no learned experience to put into the material. You know, they don't have any background because they're a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a blog post from a friend of mine that he obviously used a chat GPT and it was like, this doesn't even sound like you. So yeah, because <laughs> well, yeah, that that's one thing we talked about last time was, is chat GPT going to mess with all of our jobs? Right? No, not a chance. Like I'm not, not as far as writers I know. Cause I mean, you know, we've seen now we're about nine months since it dropped and I've seen people in the develop developing and the coding spaces basically saying the exact same thing to mm-hmm. me. And what I will say is that I believe AI has, it has value. Like for me, it has a lot of value in, in creating ideation. Like if I just am sitting here, like, I know I need to produce content and I'm just having a hard time coming up with just a very rough rudimentary idea. It's good for that. Um, But, you know, it is very limited. I even put in my own blog post. It was a hundred percent written by me as one of my articles as one of my newsletter articles. And I said, Hey, I want you to break this down into like five LinkedIn posts, which then I recycled for Twitter. And they sounded terrible. You know, (laughs) I I was telling it to use my own material and it still came out sounding like a foreigner wrote it and stuffed it with emojis and hashtags. And I'm like, that wasn't even what I said. So I think the key takeaway is that, um, if you are afraid uh, especially if you're a creative, if you're afraid of of AI taking your job, you probably just she- should spend your time not worrying about that and spend your time getting better at what you do. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, well, I was looking at a I was looking at a guitar website last week, and uh, and it was obvious that that somebody chat GPT one of these articles because it was about or making your guitar sound like an organ. Mm-hmm. What kind of pedals do you need to buy to make your guitar sound like an organ? And then halfway through the article, someone messed up and it started talking about actual organs, you know, like keyboard organs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't written by a guitar player. It was probably written by ChatGPT or some combination of the two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, I got caught. It was a topic. It was so it was it was avionics for a jet that that was very, very, I couldn't find anything on it. Nothing at all. 
And so I just was like, I'll just ask chat GPT what avionics suite this jet had in it, you know? And it turns out I was wrong. <laughs> and I got called on. He's like, the, the guy editing was like, I thought that this had the Garmin, you know, G1000X. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> so, so that was my first intro that you have to be very careful about trusting it, you know, because it'll go off the rails, like you said just now. So, um, yeah, I don't think we're in any particular threat from that from at this point in time. Yeah, that's good. I know that a lot of people are hooking their systems up to chat GPT and then they're finding out that there's security issues. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it seems, it seems to me like that's one. I mean, I watched Terminator. I don't think I'd hook up my personal accounts to a, to an, a bot, you know? Yeah. Well, everything that's happened since 2020, you're like, you know, come on. Did you guys not watch any, any of these movies? Yeah. Were you guys not paying any attention? <laughs> come on. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We went, we went down through the list and we identified like 20 movies that had happened since 2020, <laughs> you know? Man, got Resident Evil in there somewhere, you know. Yep, so. yep, for sure. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Great. So one of the things you had on there, you, you shared a tweet the other day about estimated click value. What what's that, and where did you get that from? Uh, that's actually a tool off of uh, SEO service I use called SpyFu, mm-hmm. and what they're just going is based off of the amount of clicks that you have, the value of the keywords. And so that was a screenshot straight off of their service. And they, um, they, so unlike like Ahrefs and SEMrush and Moz, uh, SpyFu is a lot cheaper. That's why I use it. <laughs> um, but mostly they are actually more of a, as the name suggests, they actually are more of a spying service. So what they are really good at is comparing your domain to a competitor's and kind of giving you an idea of what the common ground is with their keywords. Um, and what they do is kind of rack and stack your, your domain against theirs. And that's, I think, where they kind of have an estimated value. And I think that's pretty cool um, that yeah, they can have good. it. It really is. Um, now, there's a lot of wiggle room because I think, I don't remember if I was my one of the, the bigger website I talked to I write on or the smaller one. Um, but you know, the estimated click value of the large website, which they get 40,000 hits a month is like, I don't want to speak out of turn. So I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but it's thousands of dollars. So that was just, that's just an internal tool to that. So it's spyfoo.com and it's only 40 bucks a month. So if you're wanting to dabble in SEO, it's honestly one of the cheapest monthly services that you can get. Interesting. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. spy S P Y F U. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Right? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Let me, that's cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think it's, it's worth it in terms of what you get. It really is worth it. It's not as nice of a service as Ahrefs and as, um, SEMrush, but if you're just wanting a comparison tool, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to beat the price. Yeah, Semrush is really expensive though. Really expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's like one or two hundred bucks a month. Oh yeah. I thought it wasn't quite that expensive, but yeah, that's pretty expensive. I noticed that when I was using the whatever the plus version of uh all in one SEO that if you click the if you click the corresponding keywords, it'll go and it'll go to Semrush and bring you the results. Yep. Mm-hmm. They have, they stuff, partner up so. with them. 
Yeah. So I'm like, oh, cool. Well, that's pretty good. You know, so and uh, and I like I like you can use SEMrush for like a week for free or something. And then yeah. uh, and then, you know, and then it's going to say, oh, we want your credit card. No. <laughs> <laughs> 89,000. Okay. It's estimated monthly clicks right now is 35,000 um, monthly clicks. And the estimated monthly SEO click value is almost 90,000 a month. So wow. it's pretty good evidence that if you are willing to, because this company started six or seven years ago in a dude's apartment. So, and it really is kind of a, an awesome, uh, maybe a rags to riches story. Um, hmm. These dudes just liked, dirt bikes and they were having a hard time they had these ones that were having a hard time getting a title for and they just kind of created the service where they could go through states that are a lot more lenient and it blossomed in this service now that i don't have any idea what the financials for but i know that the revenue is is well into the seven figures so um from a guy something a dude started on his laptop so i mean it really the sky is completely the limit you know mm-hmm. that's awesome. i mean I don't know that everyone. So, I mean, that one is kind of a, that's kind of a tough one to compare your, ourselves to, because I mean, a lot of this depends on what it is you're providing. So for them, they're the way they start out and they've morphed a lot since then, but in, originally it was dirt bikes, ATVs, UTs. So very high search volume and mm-hmm. low, initially pretty low ticket items, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So they right. were having to sell a lot of them to make money. But there were a lot of people that were interested, you know, especially in the uh, commie states that don't, in, you know, allow you to enjoy fun. I won't say what their names are, but they're far west. <laughs> department, the department of making you sad shows up. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so, but I mean, you know, these guys weren't anything particularly special. They just stuck with it for a long time. So, yeah. um, and so the other one I worked for, um, they are a defense contractor. So the money is very high ticket items, but, um, much harder to scale because no one is looking for those keywords, you know, (laughs) like I'm talking 20 to 40 clicks a month, but you know, the model with that is you just have to get the right eyeballs on your service. Yeah. So nobody's, nobody's looking for Garmin XYZ. Right. Except they're very specific, but when they land the contract, it might be a 10 to $20 million contract. So, you know, you don't have to convert thousands of them to make money. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you got these folks that are selling, uh, you know, ebooks or something like that. You've got to sell quite a bit of ebooks to turn that around. I, you know, and I dabbled, I think my, my final earnings on Gumroad was like 350 bucks, but it was a great learning experience. That's good. It it was proof of concept that people will buy your stuff. And sure. I probably, if I wanted to do hype fury again for 50 bucks a month to promote it, I would have more sales now because my following has doubled since then, mm-hmm. but it was a great proof of concept, you know, and there's no replacement for like, when you first get, start getting those dollars, you're like, I just cranked out that book on a weekend, you know, that people yeah. will buy it. So, you know, that if you can do that once you can scale it, but yeah, as far as digital products like that, I mean, you have to have. And it, it drives me nuts when gurus that have 50 or 100,000 followers say follower count doesn't matter. I'm like, doesn't it? You know, because you scale, I had 10 sales this month and your audience is 30,000 30, times bigger than mine. Well, you're going to get a lot more eyeballs on it than I am. So um, if you yep. have already built a big audience, I think you can you could convert with smaller ticket items. But for small, small fries like us, it's hardly worth the time and effort. 
Yeah, one thing you were you were talking about is make sure that you have a blog yes. on your site. Yep. And I shot myself in the foot because I was looking at Google Analytics or Dashboard or whatever it was, and I was seeing, oh, well, I got only two people went and looked at this chicken article I had. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had I had podcast episode articles and then I had regular articles that Perpin and I wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And then I thought that nobody was going there because I was only getting two clicks. So I moved most of those over to a newsletter site, which is thrivingnews.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh which is good. But I and then when I finally figured out Google Analytics, I'm like, uh, all the organic traffic from the search engines are coming from the blog things that I didn't move. Oh no. So I like move 75% of them over, yeah. but I missed a couple of them yep. or I thought that I'd leave them there or something. And uh, most of the traffic coming into thriveinthefuture.com is either coming from Twitter when I, when yep. I reference it or, you know, or Spotify, the links that are in the show notes, or it's coming from the, it's actually coming from the search engine going to how do I sex my chickens? Yes. Right. That's like the most high performing that and the chestnut one is the most high performing articles on the site. And so it's like, you know, and which is funny because sexing chickens by their feathers only works in the first year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't work after they get two generations because then they start losing that. They start losing that trait that the that the hatcheries bred in so that they could do that. Oh, God, I didn't know that. Because I haven't read your article. I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically you can take you can take chickens from the hatchery or from tractor supply mm-hmm. and you can look at their wings and one of them has a curve and the other one has a has like an indented X. Mm-hmm. And the indented X is usually a male and the curve is usually a female. Really? So I had almost hundred percent in the first year and then and then I raised my own chicks in the second year. And then it started breeding that out. And I was like, crap, these are all roosters. How did that happen? <laughs> and I and I sold some and I, I checked them and I said, oh, this I'm sure this is a female. And then I sold it and then I had to go get the rooster and and stuff because it started crowing. And <laughs> some, somebody was in Topeka and that that's not allowed. So, yeah, uh, right. Exactly. So, you know, and but yeah, that article is the most highest performing organic uh, piece on there, but I moved most of them over. So I'm like, I either have to move them back and either cross post and say mm-hmm. it's here and over here or, or something. I haven't, I, I mean, haven't personally, that. that's what I would do. I'd have them at both, both locations. Right. You know, that's is one a redirect or they're totally different, totally different domains. They're totally different, but they're the oh, same. Yeah, I would, I would do the same content. Yeah. yeah. I would just do the same. Just, just copy it. I would absolutely do that. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And then you're going to fall, you're going to hit it eventually, right? And it's going to come up. Dude, numbers, this is a numbers game. That's the thing. Yes, your content has to be good. But this is a, what I've come away with is beyond anything else, no matter, no amount of keyword, you know, keyword optimizing, it is a numbers game. You know, I, uh, I tweeted a couple days ago. Gosh, I can't remember which, uh, I think it was all in one SEO. Anyway, I just said, you know, how long does it take for you to, you know, have domain, you know, to, to be a, a domain authority. And I was like, well, whichever site it was has 237 pages of blog posts, you know? So, I mean, beyond anything else, I, I don't believe 
that you have to be an SEO guru. What I believe you have to be is a very consistent performer, a consistent right. human performer. You need to keep showing up and talking about the things. And like that one, if that's your highest ranking one, then what I would do is create, turn that one into a pillar and then start branching off of that one, dissecting it into the other the more granular parts of that article. Like you could really go down some rabbit holes and use that as a pillar to, to support and other, other pieces of, of content to support that one, um, sure. really hone in on that. But man, this is, this is not a technical thing. This is, this is a work ethic thing. Yeah. And that's where I realized, you know, I'm not this, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I can work and I've always been consistent. And that's you, what this is, this goes back to the bear. Yeah. Right? You just need to not be eaten by the bear. As long as, you, as your other compadres are getting eaten by the bear, you're going to be fine. You know, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. So, and we've been uh, talking about that on Twitter is the fact that so many people get wrapped up in the, I need inspiration or I don't feel right about this, or I I've got writer's block or, you know, or they think it's art. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you know, you make content, the people who are super songwriters and the people who do things every day, like you, you know, you're, you're generating stuff every day. Yeah. And, you know, that songwriter, he wrote a hundred songs to get that one that was good. You know, I mean, I was writing songs once I, I named the song writer's block and it instantly gave me writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a couple of years to fi finish it. Cause it just kept getting in my head. Right. So, you know, but I, yeah, I, I fight that all the time. And it's like, it's like, you know, just put it to bed, yeah. publish it, and don't worry about it. One thing I've talked about, and I think I've reused this content a number of times is, but I don't get writer's block because I get paid for my content. So, right. you know, suddenly it is, it eliminates that um, people need to get out of their own heads. All right. And maybe they need to go do something tactile, you know, do something physical and it, it will help your mental state. It really does. But I mean, it's just like a carpenter. How do they get better at their trade? They do it a lot. You know, yeah. you don't become a craftsman. You don't move through the apprentice phase and become a craftsman by theoreticals. You know, it's not theory. It's because you swung a hammer a whole bunch of times it's because you learned how to use a framing square. You know, it's because yeah. you, you, you learned all of those things through repetition and writing is absolutely no different. And growing a blog is no different. It's repetition. And you just have to create a content calendar, which actually I'm writing an article about tonight. Um, and you just need to stick to it. it I mean, really, you don't need to sit there and, and dissect it. And, and, you know, I don't know if I got the right keywords. You're not going to know, just start producing. You'll figure mm -hmm. it out. You know, that's, and that's, that is the thing. And, and the great thing is though, your competition is a lot less than you think it is because I think you're over a hundred podcast episodes, right? Yeah. And you represent, you're in the like top 1% or something of podcasters. Cause most people don't get past, I think six or seven, you know? Yep. If you just do it, you're going to get there and you're going to start breaking through. And we also are really hard in ourselves. I think in the moment, um, thinking that we're, we're not measuring up because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people sure. and forgetting that we're running our own race. And, you know, mm -hmm. we need to step back when we're in those moments of needing inspiration and just review our own journey. It doesn't have to be some sort of metaphysical sort of thing, but just look, just look at where you're at. You know, I, I was thinking about that today. Like I quit my job three years ago and frankly, looking back on it, I would never do that because I know so much more now than I did then. But 
I wouldn't know it if I hadn't done it. So I had to do it to learn what I've learned. Um, there is, but there's no, there's no replacement for just taking action. You know, no matter what you're trying to grow, that's the only way to grow it. Farmstead, blog, podcast, whatever. Right. That's it. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get over being an artist when uh, you get to the year mark and then your hosting doubles or triples. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And then you're like, and then, and then uh, my wife's going, um, are you ever going to make any money on that? Or what are you doing? If I get that <laughs> question. Up a lot of time you know, <laughs> and stuff. So, and, uh, but yeah, I spun up the side hustle with the trees, the grow nut trees. And uh, that was, that was profitable last year. So, you know, they That's all, awesome. you come up with a strategy and you go, okay, so this is going to feed, this is going to feed this. And that's all going to, you know, cross pollinate. And that's, you know, that's the way to do it. And that applies to a whole lot of different things in life. Yeah. So. It's just people get so wrapped up in the, you know, is, is it a hobby? Is, do I feel it today? You know, and, and some of the episodes that I thought sucked and I was like, I'm not even going to publish this. Then they were like, they took off, mm-hmm. you Isn't know, wild. it's just like, okay, I didn't, I wasn't on that night. Right. <laughs> I was not on at all. And well, we're our own worst critics. So that's, that really is the the biggest issue. And you see it, you see it everywhere. Um, you know, I've videotaped myself lifting and thought that I was having a terrible day, thought that I, I couldn't do it. I thought it was slow, thought whatever. And I watched, you know, I just, I watched the video. I'm like, huh, same speed as always did exactly like I always do. We can't get out of our own heads. Yeah. And, and what you said about, you know, not viewing everything as art. It's not, it's not always art. Sometimes it's just repetition. You know, Tom Brady didn't become Tom Brady through art. He did it because he did the same four step drop 14,000 times. You know, that's what he did. He practiced the, the, it was the fundamentals over and over again. And that's all writing is. And if you're willing to do that forever, your blog's going to take off. You know, that it's, it is, it is literally a numbers game. I couldn't, I don't believe for one second that you couldn't pick any of the most obscure topics in the world. And if you had 50 pages of blog posts on your website, you would get traffic and you would eventually get the, the type of traffic because what, what we do, when we do these things, a lot of times, I mean, I've found where I'm at now is evolved wildly because when I started this full-time journey three years ago, I didn't really know what people wanted, but it just takes time. You have to put your ideas out there and see what people res- respond to. That's yeah. why I started talking about SEO nor more, not because I was an SEO nerd. It's just that that's what actually people started responding to. Mm-hmm. So I started reading articles on it and realized just going to Hrefs and Semrush's blogs and just just literally reading their blog posts put me ahead of everyone else. And they're like, "Hey, where, how'd you know that?" I'm like, I, "I read some blog posts. That was it." Um, if you're willing to subject yourself to that, you'll you'll become the expert. You know, you'll be here talking about it <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it is nothing more than just having discipline and making yourself do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, uh, some of the guests that I've had on recently and some of my goals for 2024 is to have on folks that I want to learn something from, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and so I'm not, I, I, I'm not just doing this for entertainment. It it's also to so I can learn some more skills, right? Right. And stuff. 
So yeah, I like the idea of the content library. That would that's helped me a lot. Oh, it's huge. It is absolutely huge. Um that and I mean that was what doomed my first website three years ago. I just didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I launched it, kind of about page, wrote a couple of posts, you know, two, three weeks apart. And I just had no direction. If you will create that direction, it doesn't have and, the, and here's the thing, it doesn't have to be perfect. And that is what I learned from writing for rich clients. That is that is when you write for brokies, they they think that they are so granular about keywords and you like you need to use this 37 times exactly, you know, because they think that 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 actually matters, but then they only pay for you to write three articles. I'm like you're not that doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is trust the process and just understand that producing content consistently for years on end is what actually moves the needle, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I started writing for rich clients, I realized they didn't talk about those things. They don't care. They just want consistent stuff. That's not what they're concerned about is that I don't write anything that besmirches their brand. That's about the extent of it. As long as that is in there, or that I'm not saying that stuff that is factually inaccurate, um, especially the one that does um, <clears throat> out of state registrations and titles have to be very careful in that because uh, words mean things. <laughs> yeah. We have to make sure that we are speaking in the legal definition of words um, and like, like tax avoidance is not the same as evasion. So don't confuse this, confuse the two. <laughs> um, yeah. Like to the layperson, they mean the same dang thing. All right. <laughs> it's avoiding taxes, um, but there's a legal way and there's an illegal way. So, but beyond that, they, what I learned from writing for wealthy clients was that they were not interested in. The, the microscopic details of it, they wanted to make sure that I was pu- pushing out four articles a week, you know, and that's, yeah. that's actually what works. Absolutely. And side hustles are a form of uh, legal tax avoidance. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> you know, all the rich guys, they know that. So oh, you, yeah, absolutely. They do. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's funny. So what do you think of all these people are moving to Substack, and it looks like, Twitter is starting to limit Substack because we're starting to see it as a as a uh, as a competitor. I, I was I was thinking about that. What do you what do you think about that? Is it better to have your own site, you know, platforms over protocols or protocols over platforms, whatever Cyprian says, or you know, because you're going to get you're going to get ghettoized over in uh, ghetto as in Poland ghetto mm-hmm. or in on Substack. I think that, well, okay. I think that people do Substack and Beehive. I start on Beehive. That's where mine mm-hmm. is um, because you don't have to pay. Like there's no money down. Like you don't sure. have, you, you're not building any infrastructure because when you start building your own website, you realize you're like, wait, I got to buy this plugin and I got to right. buy that plugin. And I got to buy right. all these every single year. But that content is mine. It's locked down. And so, yeah, I, I'm still going to keep posting on Beehive and I'm going to keep posting on the LinkedIn newsletter that I use too, because it's, it's, um, they have an organic newsletter because it grows faster than any of my other ones. Like it grows all the time just for me showing up on LinkedIn and copy and pasting the exact same thing I put in everywhere else. Um, but I think that everyone is a fool if they don't, if they don't create their own website. 
and own it mm-hmm. as best that anyone can own anything. Um, because you know, you can be how many, how many guys, especially if you're at all, you know, right of center, how quickly can they be deplatformed, you know, and you just right. lost your art, your audience of a hundred thousand people, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> and, and what happened, I mean, you've, you know, I've seen like Twitter's algorithm, I'll go through growth spurts. I'll be like, man, I gained 60 followers without even working. And then it just stalls, mm-hmm. you know, for months. And, you know, that's, you can't, it doesn't matter. I could post content 50 times a day and it wouldn't change that. Right. But if I go and post that on my own website, I, I have a lot more say in how it grows and that it belongs to me. So, um, and, and, and I think that, I mean, I always preach this, but I mean, organic traffic is king, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and you don't get that with those other sources. You need to own your own domain and keep it. Um, I absolutely believe that. You know, and I think in any of the large accounts on Twitter that are still preaching Twitter growth and all that, well, you, you if you go into their link tree, they've still got their own website. I'm like, well, you're saying that, but you're doing the same thing that everyone else ought to be doing. Yeah. So I think you should use it. I mean, there's nothing. I'm my blog posts off of my website now. I just copy and paste them. It takes me five minutes to throw it on there. So if I get leads off of that, if I get an audience there, that's great. But I would never want it to be some, you know, I wouldn't want it to be my sole, um, source of, of producing content. I I think you, you absolutely need to have your own domain that you own, you know, your own digital real estate. You absolutely need to own that. Sure. Cause we all, all used to be on blogger. Right. And then it got bought by Google. Yep. And nobody's on blogger or blog, blog spot. Right. Yeah. No, no, I don't know anyone that is. (laughs) Nobody is. So yeah, that's funny. Well, great. So how can people contact you, get on your newsletter, follow uh, you on Twitter? Ironically, it still is the best way to get on me, is, uh, get with me is on Twitter. And it's going to be at John McCoy writes. And I have the same handle on LinkedIn. Um, and I do on Instagram, but I do not use it. I never, it's just, I don't know. That's, that's like a, a zoomer thing. So I just, mm-hmm. it's not my deal. Um, and then, but now you can also get to me through my website it's www.justenoughseo.com just just like it sounds no spaces yeah i like your look and feel on there it looks it looks uh it looks um like old time reddit I, I like it okay so check this out this is it's funny you should mention that I'll, quick anecdote um i showed it to my wife and she's like i don't like it and then this gal that i've um, been started following me um on twitter she dm me she's like can i give you you know some some feedback without you getting defensive i'm like yeah go for it she's like your website is boring and plain i'm like okay so all the guys have actually really they're like that is so cool i love the font and i love that feel and the women are like no i don't like it yeah i so, can see that it wouldn't work but yeah i i it was more of a nostalgia than anything else right i i think it's cool and that's you know when i saw that theme i was like it's really plain it's really boring and i think that's kind of why i picked it i'm like it's so plain and boring. It's kind of a proof of concept that I want to create to show, oh, I'm I'm going to, in spite of that, I'm going to learn to drive traffic to it. So to me, it's actually a challenge. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. One thing I uh, found out today is that, have you seen those alt, alt text for images? So one of the settings to get SEO is, so there's your image has an alt text and it's yes. used for screen mm-hmm. readers, right? Yep. 
Yep. So like I worked at the state and uh, they had a whole bunch of people that were, that were uh, visually impaired. Right. And mm-hmm. so they yeah. re- use read screen readers and there's nothing more humbling than have somebody use your app or your website with a screen reader because it'll fail miserably because if it doesn't have alt, if it doesn't have alt text, then the mm-hmm. screen reader won't read it. Buttons won't show up. All kinds of stuff happens. <laughs> so, you know, well, that but puts if you up. have the alt text, if you put your keywords in your alt text, then it shows up in the SEO hits. I had actually seen, I hadn't gone that far down the rabbit hole. I didn't understand why alt text was important, but I knew it was, I knew it was a ranking factor, but that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And that's why it's good to have these conversations to create some context for things. Because I'm like, why does that matter if there's alt text? But now that you say that for visually impaired, you know, it's there to describe the image. And that makes sense that you plug your keywords in there. And, uh, and it's, that's the thing. I mean, you could spend a lifetime. And if I, one thing I will say, cause I'm not in it, I am a, a building in public SEO enthusiast, but in three, two or three years, I will be an expert. Sure. Anyone that is willing to put in the reps for this will get paid. If you are willing to go down the rabbit hole and just start studying this stuff, dude, everyone asked me about it just because I was the only person that started talking about it. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I, I swear if anyone is willing to just put in the time, they will. Uh Oh, but most people won't. You might cut out there for a second. Yep. They're back. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. Okay. Yeah. So if you put in the time and then it cut out (laughs) naturally right here at the end. Yeah. (laughs) So if you put in the reps and you put in the time, then you're going to be okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, you'll do well. Yeah. Good. We made it through almost the whole thing. Yeah, that's great. Hey, if you like this episode, leave us a tip on Venmo or Cash App at Thrive in the Future. Or join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Thrive in the Future. You get early episodes and you get extras. Thank you. Check out Thriving News. That's where Perpin and I share longer form articles about homesteading, mindset, Milpa gardening, food forest, etc. Go check it out at thrivingnews.com. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, please click that like or subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Thrive in the Future and also go to thriveinthefuture.com.